Hey family, in today's video, we're gonna be talking about the five things possibly cluttering your mind, keeping it from being clear. And later on, we're gonna talk about how to declutter your mind so that your mind can be clear to do what it was meant to do. But before we get into those points, let's break down some prerequisite points to give us some clarity and some foundation when it comes to this. Also, um, go ahead and download today's worksheet at mycoachjosh.com forward slash worksheet. I have a worksheet that's going to help you declutter your mind so that you can operate in clear clarity as you go forward in God. But the first point that I want to give you is this. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of clarity. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of clarity. God wants you absolutely clear about the things of life. God does not want you to be confused. Confusion is of the enemy. I also wrote that Satan is the author of confusion. And the Bible says where there is confusion, there is every evil work. These two points are foundational because when you begin to understand that God is the author of clarity, that God is not a mysterious God. God is not trying to keep anything from you. God wants you absolutely clear about everything he has for you here. He doesn't want you to be confused. And that will open the doors for you to go to God, to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? And to have the poise and patience needed in order for you uh, to uh, know what to do. But when you begin to understand that Satan, his system, and everyone that's serving him, are the authors of confusion. And then you begin to couple that with God's word that says, where there's confusion, there is every evil work. Then you will begin to understand why the enemy wants your mind cluttered and wants you confused. Because if you're cluttered and you're confused, then he can allow evil work to happen. So imagine you being confused about the spouse that you are, are pursuing or confused about the place you're supposed to live or your mind is too cluttered to even be able to clearly process through the information presented, then you'll begin to see all types of evil works working around your life. And so when we understand these foundational principles, then we'll begin to say, okay, if I am mentally cluttered, and I'm also operating in, in mental confusion, not clear about what I'm supposed to do, then I got to make sure I get clarity now about what it is that I'm confused about. Because if I don't, there will be more evil work present in my life. Next point. The enemy of mental clarity is mental clutter. The enemy of mental clarity is mental clutter. Satan wants your mind cluttered because mental clutter takes up valuable energy and space, keeping the mind uh, uh, from being what it was meant to be. Now, what I mean by that, he doesn't want your mind to be clear. He doesn't want your mind to be a smooth, clear highway. He wants it to always be traffic in your mind. So that no matter what God wants to bring through your mind, it can't get through into your life because there's too much traffic. What do I mean by that? I did a, uh, during my December masterclass, my first master class was uh, having the manufacturing mindset, one of the most powerful messages, top 20 I've ever spoken in my life. Very powerful. And we begin to talk about how that, that there's two types of minds. There's the storage facility mind, and then there's the manufacturing mind. The storage facility mind only collects thoughts. It only collects worries. It only collects, collects, collects. And as much as it collects, the more dust it collects. And it begins to harbor these different things that was meant to be filtered out so that the mind can be able to do what it's meant to do. But a manufacturing mindset is a mindset that is like a factory, that it, talk, that it takes raw materials, experiences, thoughts, etc., processes them, refines them, and then releases them to produce something. But when your mind only collects but it doesn't uh, 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 um, create, then, then that mind is not functioning the way it was meant to function. God wanted your mind to be able to keep you going forward. Now, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, the enemy of mental clarity is mental clutter. Satan wants your mind cluttered because mental clutter takes up valuable energy and space. So you have to understand that the things in your mind is trying to take up space that creative ideas, sweet memories, a uh, 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 knowledge of God's word was meant to occupy, right? Next point. 
Our minds were designed to be filters and a factory used by God to keep us moving forward and fruitful. See, our minds were designed to be filters and a factory, meaning that our minds were meant to be designed to filter through information, release or get, get rid of anything that's not valuable, keep what's valuable, nurture what's valuable, and then produce fruit from it, keeping the mind and the individual going forward. So when you have a filtering mind, it keeps the individual navigating through challenges. It keeps the individual from, it keeps the individual navigating problems. So the mind was designed to problem solve, to, to uh, resolve conflict. It was designed to uh, discern. It was designed for that, right? That's why that's called the mind of Christ. So it's able to keep the individual moving towards purpose. So that when you're in the middle of an argument, you can process through it. Soft answer removes the wrath. That when you're going through different conflicts or challenges or trials, your mind automatically counts it as joy. It filters through information and keep you going forward. And he also created the mind to be a factory where God can bring ideas through. And you can be able to create a mind that can take that thought and create a product that can create generational wealth that will sustain generations beyond you. I've practiced this. That's why I coach people through this through my coaching programs, because I want people to get to a place where they are mentally clear, mentally confident, mentally competent, mentally creative, mentally consistent, so they can be mentally compensated. The mind is where all ideas are birthed. We wouldn't have Apple today without the idea in Steve Jobs' mind. All the great ideas comes through the mind. It don't drop from heaven into our laps. It comes through the mind of an individual. And as it goes through the mind of an individual, it then brings prosperity to the lap of the individual. So when you have a mind that's clear, that's confident, that's competent, that's creative, that's consistent, then it will be a, a, a tool used to bring assets through, right? And so that's how the mind was designed. And if there's clutter, if there's confusion, then it, then it stalls the mind from fulfilling the purpose it was meant or designed to fulfill. So let's keep going. Now, let's define mental clarity and mental clutter. Mental clarity refers to a state. They go that word state again. Like I live in the state of North Carolina. You live in the state. Go ahead and post your state. If you watch live, write your state. What state do you live in? Now, now when you look at it, when the mind or when it comes to these type of points, it talks about where or how you typically think, where you mentally reside. Mental clarity refers to a state of clear and focused thinking categorized by a lack of confusion or mental fog. So mental clarity refers to being in a constant state where your mind is clear, not empty, clear. It's a big difference. You don't want an empty mind. You want a clear mind. An empty mind is a mind that does nothing. Yeah, it's empty, but who's going to fill it up? A clear mind is saying, okay, now I am prepared to work. My mind is clear for, for or is able to function and is ready for an assignment. And it says clear and focused thinking, that the energy of thinking, people understand that thinking takes energy. You ever overthought before? Overthinking takes energy. Your, your mind was meant to give energy as rain to good seeds that are thoughts to produce thought patterns that will produce fruit efficiently and effectively characterized by lack of confusion and mental fog, meaning that you don't have no fog in your mind. You don't have that confusion, right? And, and also uh, where you lack confusion, where you're clear about who you are, you clear about your purpose, you clear about your identity. We'll talk about those in a minute. It involves the ability. There we go. The ability. That means you have to train your mind to have the ability to think what? Logically and spiritually, not emotionally, not physically. So your mind was meant to think spiritually and logically. That's why it's important for your mind to be renewed by the word of God so that your mind has already installed in it. Updates are up to date of how you're supposed to think with all the things that's up to the date that you have. For instance, my mind has to already be or have installed in it what the word of God requires for a husband, for a father for a man of God, etc. If those things are not installed, 
then my mind will stall. And so when it's time to be a husband, I'll stall. When it's time to be a father, I'll stall. When it's time to be a man of God of integrity and character, I'll stall if these things are not installed. So they have to be installed so that I won't stall, then fall, and then lose it all. So you have to understand that's what mental clarity does, that I have to really have the ability to think logically. Does this make sense? Does this make biblical sense? If those things, if all that your mind does is, is work for your emotions and your, and your body, then my friend, you're going to be all over the place. It involves having the ability to think spiritually and logically, making sound decisions, not noisy ones. Logic and spiritual things, processing, creates, what's the point I'm trying to make? It makes sound decisions. Emotional and biological decisions make noisy decisions. When you're emotional, you just react. Now you're noisy. Difference between noise and sound. Noise is, I don't know what that sound is. Sound is, I know exactly what that sound is. You ever heard a noise in the house, but you didn't know what that sound, that noise was? Now you're worried. A sound says, I don't have to be worried because I know exactly what that sound is. And so God wants us to make sound decisions, things that make sense, that are sound and profound. And maintain a sharp and organized mind. So the mind has to be sharp, able to cut through challenges, able to cut through things, and it must be organized. So that's why I'm going to teach you in the worksheet how to organize your thoughts, put them in categories, listen them by, prior, by, uh, by urgency. Because when you begin to take what's in your mind and put it on paper, see, the mind is full of color and color can confuse you because even you can create and make a color look good. But when you put it on black and white, then you really see what's good and what's right, what's not. Right. And so when you have that mental clarity, you are in a state of clear and focused thinking that your mind thinks things through. It's clear and organized, prepared to work, prepared to navigate, prepared to create. Uh, characterized by a lack of confusion and mental fog, it involves the ability to think logically, make sound decisions, and maintain a sharp and organized mind. Now, what is mental clutter? Mental clutter refers to the accumulation of excessive or disorganized thoughts, worries, and information in the mind. So mental clutter means like a storage facility. All you're doing is hoarding. Some thoughts you should have been filtered out. Certain worries you should have been cast over to God. But mental clutter refers to the accumulation, meaning that you just keep it excessive, meaning that you're, you're excessively thinking on this. You're excessively holding on to this or disorganized thoughts, thoughts that are just roaming in your mind and haven't been checked like TSA. You're not checking the bags like TSA. You got to have a TSA type of mind, a TSA mind that says before you board my life and before you take off with me. I got to make sure that you ain't carrying anything on into my life that will cause me to crash. So I got to check the bags because every thought comes with seeds. See, see, I can count. I can count the seeds that I have, but I cannot count the seeds in the seed. If I have one seed in my hand, I can count that that's one seed, but only God can count the seeds that seed will produce from the fruit it will produce. So meaning that if I take on a thought, it may be one thought, but packaged within that thought are many thoughts, many processes, many outcomes that if it takes root in the soil or the soul of my life, then it will produce a harvest that I may not want to eat from. So you have to check it to make sure, hey, I'm not going to collect any excessive things. I am going to organize my thoughts. And then I can be able to filter through which ones that should be in my mind or not. It says refers to the accumulation of excessive or disorganized thoughts, worries, and information in mind. There are excessive thoughts, excessive worries, and excessive information that we collect on a day-to-day. -day. Mental clutter can hinder clear thinking, uh, focus, and decision-making, leading to a sense of overwhelm and a confusion. So the goal of the enemy is for us to navigate a world that bombards our minds. And then when we don't have filters or checkpoints in our minds, we'll begin to take on things that we shouldn't. And it'll be excessive. 
And then when we on social media, scrolling, scrolling and, and watching the news and watching this and watching that or always around these individuals, we're collecting all this excessive thoughts. And if we already don't have a mind that's designed to organize and filter through and keep you navigating through, then you're going to be cluttered, confused and overwhelmed. And that's the goal of the enemy when it comes to our minds. He wants us to be overwhelmed and cluttered because then you can't create. The first thing we hear and discovered about God is that God created. In the beginning, God created. And God wants us to be creatives, that we can create. And if we don't, if we have a mind that's cluttered, my friend, then we can't create. It often arises from stress, multitasking, or overload of information impacting overall cognitive function and mental well-being. So God wants your mind to be well and to be able to cognitively function. If your mind is not functioning and is not fresh and well, then my friend, your mind has been attacked by hell. So that's why this message is so important because we need to make sure that we declutter our minds, walk in mental clarity, so that we'll be able to uh, uh, succeed in every area of our lives. Now, here are the five things cluttering possibly your mind. Number one, excessive information. An overload of information from various sources, such as social media, news, or work-related data, data can overwhelm the mind and contribute to mental clutter. So we have excessive information. Just because uh, 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 we have these great resources doesn't mean we allow those to be the channels by which things are channeling to our minds, cluttering it. So what is the excessive information from social media news? Sometimes it's better to say, hey, I trust God. That doesn't mean you don't collect information to keep you informed, right? But don't allow it to cause your mind to be deformed. So you got to take information bit by bit. You don't have to take it all in. And so could it be that you're taking too much information from social media? Maybe you have to streamline your social media, making it where it only streamlines information that's that's adequate for uh, what it is that you want to pursue and become. Where you don't just go to these different pages to just know stuff, knowing LeBron's stats, knowing this person's stats, or then going over here, learning about what's happening overseas, then going over here, focus on the crime in your city, then going over here. That's too much information in one day. So number one cl thing cluttering our mind, or one of the five things, is an overload of information from various sources, such as social media news or work-related data. And these things will overwhelm the mind, contribute to mental health. So you have to be able to do it every night or every day or create a mind that begins to filter that excess of information. Or just don't go to all information. Right now, I don't know stats like that. I don't, I don't keep up with athletes. I don't keep up with, 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 with uh, uh, certain world things. I just get my bits of information from trusted sources just to see where the world is. And that's 5 to 10 to 15% of my information. The other 80% of my information, I'm going to my Bible. I'm going to my wife. I'm going to my family. I'd rather my mind be informed by those things, assessing, processing the things that are in my ecosystem than trying to fill my ecosystem from things from other systems and sources. Number two, worries and unresolved issues lingering unresolved problems or conflicts or worries can occupy mental space, creating a sense of unease and hindering mental clarity. Addressing and resolving issues can help clear the mental clutter, lingering unresolved problems and worries. Now, how many of, of, of us have still in our minds what happened in 2009? Or what happened in 1999? Or what happened in 2019? And we haven't resolved those issues. We're still waiting for closure. You don't need closure for clarity. Sometimes you just got to allow God to be your closure. If God closed it, then go on ahead. 
And that's why I talked another video why God closed the door of the ark because no one would have been too nice to let people in. So sometimes God don't give you the reasons why that person left you. He don't give you all the information because that will overwhelm you. All he wants you to be informed about is the peace that surpasses your own understanding that will guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. So how you filter that is the top part of that verse where it says, be anxious for nothing. So you have to install a mind that is anxious for nothing because it's anchored on something and not even something on someone. If you're if whatever area you're anxious about is an area that's not anchored in God or you haven't talked to God about. So when you begin to anchor your mind in an unmovable force, then no matter what moves against you, you won't be forced off your, off your plot. It says, be anxious for nothing but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God and the peace of God. That's why I love that. When you go through that filter of bringing your prayers and supplication to God and you couple that with thanksgiving, you unlock a peace. If you always go to God asking but not praising or thanking, then my friend, you won't unlock the peace. And then you need that peace to guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. And so, so many of us, we have unresolved problems in our minds and worries that we're trying to solve or waiting for God to quote unquote solve. <clears throat> but the best way to solve unresolved problems is to evolve, evolve in the things of God, evolve in your understanding, evolve, evolve, evolve. Don't dissolve into something that you want resolved. You got to say, you know what? How can I get better from this? I got to get this out of my mind so that I can win. I'll be right back, y'all. Give me one second. All right, we're back. So you and I got to always have a mind that says, you know what? Yes, this happened. Yes, I may not have closure, but God is my closure. Because when I make God my closure, then I can evolve from this, not dissolve in this because I wasn't or I haven't allowed it to be resolved, right? And so lingering unresolved problems, worries, or conflicts can occupy mental space. You got to get that out of your mind. God already solved it on the cross. Now you got to find the principles and patterns to pattern your life off of so that you can evolve from it. Addressing and resolving issues can help clear the mental clutter. Next point, multitasking. Juggling multiple tasks simultaneously can divide attention and lead to mental confusion. Focusing on one task at a time allows for better concentration and clarity of thought. Some of us are trying to do so much. We're trying to do a lot. And we're just, some of us are doing the job that only God can do. And when you start doing what only God can do, it distracts you from doing what you're supposed to do. And when you and I do not do what we're supposed to do, we won't end up having what we desire to have. So we sometimes got to say, you know what? Like for me, I can't try to write two books at one time. I will not be focused. I cannot try to do two video outlines at one time. I'll be, I won't be focused. Sometimes you got to look at your life. It's okay. How can I categorize what I'm going through? Task it by priority and urgency and tackle what's needed now. Number four, lack of prioritization. Goals with multitasking. Failing to prioritize tasks and activities can result in a scattered mindset. Establishing clear priorities helps organize thoughts and prevents mental clutter. So you got to prioritize things in your life. Like you got to put what's first first. Some of us, we put the top three things at the bottom 10. We put God at the bottom 10. We put ourselves at the bottom 10. We put our loved ones at the bottom 10. And we put these other things that we deem as emotional support. We deem as sources to help with mental health. We put those things first and end up becoming top heavy. But when we begin to prioritize life by God, you, then your spouse, your children, and then everything else, then you begin to find everything streamlined. Last but not least, negative thought patterns. Persistent negative thoughts, self-doubt, or excessive worrying can cloud the mind and impede on mental clarity. Cultivating positive thought patterns and practicing mindfulness can help alleviate this clutter. So some of us, we just got bad thinking systems. You heard me say this in many videos. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We often fall 
to the level of our systems. Your systems support. And if you don't have a mind that has proper thought systems, this is how I think. This is how I process information. For instance, there's a system that my mind goes through when God gives me a video idea, when God gives me a book idea. My mind already has a system. Soon as that idea drops in my mind, my mind automatically goes into systems. It takes the idea. Then it looks for scriptures that supports that idea. Then it begins to look for the principles and patterns in the scriptures about that. Then the, the Holy Spirit will say, this is the main verse to anchor all your points through. And then my mind automatically goes into what are three to five points. That's problem, cause, and solution. And then as my mind, as the idea filters through those systems, then it comes out like this. Then it comes out like these books. It also does that when it comes to a process of filtering negative thoughts. My mind immediately goes into what else comes with this thought. What are the consequences? What are the, what are the possible things this thought will be used to still kill and destroy my life? My, my mind immediately goes into scriptures that begins to filter that thought and begins to say, if this doesn't align with this, it has to get out of my mind. But if you allow negative thoughts to reside at thinking energy on those negative thoughts and those negative thoughts will create thought patterns. This is how you typically think when it comes to you. This is what it, this is how you typically think when it comes to God's purpose for you. This is how you typically think when you sin and fall. This is what you typically think when, when you rise and you're succeeding. You have to begin to assess the way you think about everything. How do you think when you sin? Do you immediately go to God or do you go to hiding? How do you think when you are promoted? How do you think when you face trials and tribulations? Those systems have to be installed so that when you're finding yourself in a situation, your mind will take that raw material, refine it, release it to bring something back to you that's more in a prosperous sense. So persistent negative thoughts, self-doubt, or excessive worrying can cloud. So if your mind always thinks about you negatively, always look at the uh, negative situation, you pessimistic versus optimistic, you have to have an optimistic outlook always. You got to see every challenge as, a, as an opportunity, every obstacle as an opportunity. You have to train your mind to see things how God endeavored for you to see them. If you see them differently, then you have a different outcome than the original outcome that God desired for you to have. Excuse me. So the five things that clutters our mind, excessive information, unresolved issues or worries, multitasking, lack of prioritization, negative thought patterns. Now, now let's talk about five things we must be absolutely clear about. I want to give you these quickly. These are five things. This is why you need to be mentally clear. <laughs> because these are five things you and I must be absolutely clear about. If not, man, we're doomed. Number one, identity in Christ. We must be absolutely clear about who we are in him. God desires for us to be absolutely clear about our identity in Christ because understanding who we are as his children shapes how we perceive ourselves and others. It fosters a sense of worth, purpose, and confidence based on his love and design. So many layers that I'm gonna take my time with it. God desires, God is endeavoring from every angle <clears throat> to make sure that we're absolutely clear about why Jesus came here and his assignment and what he was do here to do. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're absolutely clear about our identity in Christ, not our identity in Charles, not our identity in Chelsea, not our identity in Cash, not our identity in anything, any of those things, but our identity in Christ. Because understanding who we are as his children shapes how we perceive ourselves. And For instance, I'm a new dad. I'm a year and some change in and being a father. I have unlocked a new understanding about my heavenly father. It takes me back to that verse that says, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give you? Now, there is nothing I will not give my daughter. I will work five jobs to make sure that my wife and daughter are living however they need to be living. And if I have that 
in fullness of love as a father, how much does he feel about me? When I began to really, and I knew that before I had a daughter, but it took me to a deeper depth. And when I begin to understand just how deeply he loves me, it shapes everything. The enemy wants us to be confused about how we are God's children in Christ, adopted and grafted. And when we begin to understand that, that begins to shape how we perceive ourselves. So when I know that I'm God's beloved, that God loves me, that God doesn't hate me, that God doesn't turn his back. I mean, the only time he, well, the only time he turned his back on humanity was on his son. So he'll always face me face to face. That calms me. That lets me know that I'm his beloved. That means I'm the apple of his eye. That means that he cherishes me. And that shapes how I see myself. Now I walk like a king. Now I walk like I own this thing. Now I walk like I'm a child of God. And when you have that shaped mindset and knowing that you're loved by God, then nothing will cause you to sink away from the top place that you're supposed to be. It shapes how we perceive ourselves. So now, because I know I'm God's beloved, now I can properly love. Now Now I actually see my wife the way she was supposed to be seen through these lenses. Now I can see my daughter the way that she was meant to be seen through these lenses. But if this is not in tune, and focus, then how I perceive things will be incorrectly. But because I know my identity in Christ, now I know how to live this life. Because understanding who we are as his children shapes how we perceive ourselves. It fosters a sense of worth. You'll no longer walk around worthless anymore because your worth doesn't come from your money. Your worth doesn't come from whoever you made to be your honey. Your worth doesn't come from those things because when those things start acting funny, then you start acting bummy, right? But when you begin to understand that your worth comes from God who can't move, whose perception of you never changes, then you walk around whether you got money or not, whether you got someone or not, you walk as if you own. You and I are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven in this earth. There's not an ambassador from any country that dresses bummy, that walks around crummy. Like, no, they walk with confidence. They know if you do something to me, I got a whole kingdom that will come for your neck. And when you walk like that, man, no, demons will be able to say, oh, we can't mess because his confidence in Christ. We can't mess her because her confidence in Christ. She knows her worth. He knows his worth. It also says uh, it fosters a sense of purpose. Now you on mission. Jesus had many distractions, but he said, man, I'm on mission. Purpose. You're not here just to live life on the surface. You're here to live life on purpose. You don't got time to waste. It's purpose time. Every life, I mean, every day is a day of purpose. Right now, I have to function in my purpose as a husband. I have to function in my purpose as a father. I have to function in my purpose as, as a word deliverer on behalf of God. I got to flow in purpose. I can't just be over here on the surface, just navigating life. No, I got to go deep into my purpose because I am here for a reason and you are too. And confidence based on his love and design. So now you know his love and you know his designs. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. So God wants you to be absolutely clear about your name in Christ because it shapes everything else in your life. Number two, your individual purpose. God wants you absolutely clear about your individual purpose. Clarity about our individual purpose aligns us with God's plan for our lives. When we grasp the unique role he has designed for us, we can live with intentionality, contributing meaningfully to his kingdom, and finding fulfillment and fulfilling his purposes for our existence. Let's read it again. Clarity about our individual purpose aligns with God's plan for life. So how can you and I fulfill an assignment if we're out of alignment how it was meant designed, meant to be designed? Designment, alignment, assignment. In order for us to fulfill our assignment, we have to be in alignment based upon how it was designed. When we begin to understand that God holds the original designs for everything, it's, it is trademarked, copywritten, all it could be is be perverted, but it cannot be taken. When we understand God's original designs, then we'll begin to say, okay, I'm going to align my life 
with those designs so I can fulfill what has been assigned. When we grasp the unique roles he has designed for us, that's so powerful. We can live with intentionality, contributing meaningfully to his kingdom and finding fulfillment and fulfilling his purpose for Isaac. Now, God has roles for you to hold. Every role is not just a noun, it's a verb. You heard me say this many videos. A husband is not a noun. A wife is not a noun. A parent is not a noun, even though those are con considered nouns. They're verbs. They're more verbs than nouns. But when you understand God's original designs for those different things, then you can fulfill the assignments of those things. And then you will live with intentionality. Every word, every thought has to be filtered before it's released. How you talk to your spouse, how you talk to your children. You have to be intentional. How you interact with the opposite sex, you got to be intentional. Your good can't be spoken evil of. You got to be intentional if you want to tap into your full potential. And also you got to be a contributor, contributing meaningfully to his kingdom. So what do you offer the kingdom? That's a real question. What do you and I offer the kingdom of God? What? Right now, you have to assess your life and ask yourself, man, what do I give God on a day-to-day? What value do I add to the kingdom of God? Love, joy, peace, skills, talents, abilities. Like, what do I offer? When I wake up, when you wake up every day, what, do you, what can you hand the kingdom of God? God, use this today. Let's keep going. Who to marry? Another big one. God absolutely cares deeply about our relationships especially marriage. Clarity in choosing a life partner ensures that we build a union founded on shared values, mutual respect, and a commitment to glorifying God. What? Together. It contributes to a strong foundation for a lifelong partnership. God absolutely cares about who you marry. If you marry somebody or if you're dating somebody and you haven't received clarity from God, then my friend, you're going to get a lot of disparity. You're going to get a lot of uh, issues because when you begin to understand how God cares about marriage, because marriage represents Christ in the church and how marriage uh, is a foundational pillar to society, why do you think they're trying to pervert marriage? Why do you think they're trying to destroy marriage? Because it's one of the foundational pillars of society. If the man is broken, the house is broken. If the house is broken, the neighborhood is broken. If the neighborhood is broken, the cities are broken. If the cities are broken, the states are broken. If the states are broken, the nations are broken. If the nations are broken, the world is broken. It all comes down to the wholeness of a man. And if men do not become whole, they can't hold their roles to ensure the stability of their wife's emotions and to make sure that she's able to be her blossom and full self and ensuring that his children are protected. Then if the house is not strong, then society's not strong. So God cares about who you marry. Deeply, I put, about our relationships, especially marriage. Clarity in choosing a life partner ensures that we build, ensures. When I'm clear, I'm, I'm insured. I'm insured and I'm insured and I'm assured. <laughs> I'm insured. When I am clear, when you're clear about who God has for you, you are insured. <laughs> insured means that God's grace will be sufficient for you all because you got clarity. So now you and your house is insured. Secondly, you're assured. So no matter what, my marriage still keeps confirming itself to keep us assured. Hey, just because you got an argument doesn't change that she's the one for you, Josh. Just because whatever is going on doesn't change that he's the one for you, Brittany. We, it keeps us assured. Then it ensures. It ensures that we function the way the word of God deems us to function. So when you begin to get clarity from God, you're insured by his grace. You're assured by his clarity. And it ensures that you're able to do something as a union. It says uh, clarity and choosing a life partner ensures that we build a union founded. Do you know building a union doesn't, your building of a union doesn't stop the day you say I do? 
Right now, we're adding, we're adding new rooms to the union. I cannot just stop building on my union. I got to keep building on the foundation. Every year of my marriage has added a new room to the union. It added a new phase to the union. Because now I got to keep building this union on shared values, mutual, and a commitment. Shared values means, hey, do we share the same value? That's why you got to get clear from God. And sometimes when you ask the right questions, when you're dating an individual, check out my book, Dating Prep, over 200 questions that will help you be without question that that one is whose God has. If you don't check out my book, Counter for the Counterpart. But, but I say this here for this. like. When you begin to uh, understand, hey, what do you value? Asking certain questions. Uh, what are your values? What do you value in life? What are, you, what are your values when it comes to a spouse? What are your values? Because if we don't share the same value, we won't add any value. Also, mutual respect. That I respect you as an image bearer of God. Men looking at their wives and I respect the image you bear of God. Her looking back at you, she says, I respect the image that you bear of God. Because if you disrespect the bearing image, you disrespect the one that bore the image. So I got to respect my wife. I got to respect that she's made in the image of God. That I don't use these carnal worldly ideals about uh, misogynistic uh, 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 traits and stuff to creep into my marriage to make me look at my wife less than. If there's no mutual respect, man, what are you going to do? Also, and a commitment to glorifying God together. If there's no commitment to glorifying God, if there's no mutual respect, if there's no shared values, you don't got time to find those things while you're in the relationship. You got to find those things and be clear about it before. So God wants you absolutely clear about who he wants you to marry. Number four, where to live and where to work. God is interested in every aspect of our lives, including where we live and work. Clarity in these decisions allows us to be intentional about the environments we are in. Ensuring they are aligned with his will and provide opportunities to serve and impact others for his glory. So God cares about where you work, where you live. So many people, they'll be like, I just want to, I just want to move to this city. No, that's not smart. Oh, I just want to uh, uh, work here because of the benefits. That's not smart. I remember when I first got into the school systems and um, at CMS, Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, I had two job opportunities presented to me almost eerily. There was one job that was presented that says you work in part time, you have no benefits. Now, this is pre this is like the year before I was about to get married. The other job had full time, full time uh, uh, opportunity, had benefits and had everything. Everybody and a mama would have told me, and even myself was like, if you're about to get married, choose the job that pays more and has more benefits. But in my spirit, God said no. I looked up to God. I said, what you mean? No, no. You, you want me bring this back to my wife and say, oh, my, the woman that I'm courting and tell her, you know what? I selected the job that pays less, has no benefits, even though we're planning on getting married in a year or so. But God said no to this. Yes to that. Why? Later on, I found something else about this job that wouldn't have gave me the opportunity this job did. So for one year, I worked with no benefits and not full time. <clears throat> but that job gave me the opportunity to create coaching programs for children, which led me to write books, which gave me connections to principals. And then later on, I got paid even more than I would have got paid here and better benefits. So what am I saying? Just because the job looks good doesn't mean it's God's job for you because God can care less to a degree about how much money you will make, how many benefits you have. He cares about the advancement of his kingdom and using you as a kingdom ambassador to ensure his kingdom is advanced. God cared about me being around those teachers. God cared about me being around those kids. God cared about me being in that building. God didn't care about how much money. God says, I am your source. I am your supply. Don't just be going, uh, working jobs and, and, and living in cities because of what you read on the internet. God cares. Interesting in every aspect of your lives, including where we live and work. Clarity in these decisions allows us to be intentional about the environment. God, listen, do you know God knows 
the type of devils you can't handle? Man, listen, God knows how to keep you away from certain women in certain positions, keep you away from certain men in certain positions, keep you away from certain, that job you about to work at is five years away from being completely dissolved. God knows what's in that Canaan land. God knows what's with the Midianites. God knows that if God would have took children of Israel through this route where the Midianites and the Canaanites, I think I got the right people right, they would have been caught up in fear and destroyed. So he took them the longer route through the Red Sea. And so if we are not smart about our environments, then we'll succumb to the environments. Listen, God wants you in environments that you're graced for protected in, stronger than. He doesn't want you in certain environments knowing, prematurely knowing that you're going to crumble. Clarity in these decisions allows us to be intentional about the environments we're in, ensuring they align with his will and provide, provide. Listen, if you reside in God's purposes, his purposes will provide, reside where there's, where he provides. Provide opportunity. Do you know that if you go the unconventional route that most people say, hey, that don't sound right, but God said it's right. It will provide opportunities that will make you more money. More. Listen, man, if I didn't go the route of the YMCA and worked at the Dowd YMCA, I would have never met that vice principal, assistant principal that gave me the opportunity. And I, and I was two months, two months prior to that decision. I wanted to quit that job. But God say, stay there. Do you know the enemy going to try to wrestle you out of place that God wants you to stay? There's certain jobs you about to leave right now. God said, don't leave yet because this job puts you in the proximity. For instance, if I would have worked at a YMCA 20 miles away from where I worked, do you know that that woman doesn't live in that area? That the person that God used to promote me was within the proximity of the place that I did not want to be in those latter two months? But if I was somewhere else out of proximity, then that person, I would have never crossed their paths. Some of us are miles away where our promotion is. Or some of us are trying to leave a place where our promotion is. And God's like, I'm bringing you within proximity because I use people to bless you. That's why you can't be having bad people skills. Because God uses people to bless you. That woman said, when that, <clears throat> that young lady, when she walked into the wild, and I, and I appreciate to this day, she's probably watching right now, I appreciate you. But she noticed something about me. If my countenance and my temperament was based on me not wanting to be in an environment, she wouldn't have recognized the joy of the Lord on me. People are looking for the love of God on you. People are looking for the joy of the Lord on you. People are looking for the peace of God on you. People hire for that. Also, you got to have skills. Don't get me wrong. But if you have skills and you have the love of God on you, the joy of the Lord on you, the peace of God on you, that they can't process, they'll know for a fact, we need you in our halls. That's all she said. And she was like, uh, do you have, um, she was like, do you have a, a college degree? I said, I don't have a college degree. I thought it was over. No, nah, no, ma'am, I don't have a college degree. I thought I, thought I was done. Doom, boom. And she was like, you know, what? I'll get back to you tomorrow. They changed the job description requirements and said, all you need is a high school diploma. Don't matter what you have or don't have. When you got the love of God on you, when you got the joy of the Lord on you, and you got the peace of God on you, and you're proficient, and you got skills, and you a, a, a good management of yourself, boom, it don't matter. They don't care about what you have or don't have. So God wants to put you in place that provides opportunities for you to serve and impact others for what? His glory. Your story, his glory. Now, uh, last but not least, biblical principles. Understanding and being absolutely clear about biblical principles is crucial for living a life that reflects God's character. So God wants you to be absolutely clear about biblical principles and how to live. Clarity in these principles guides our actions, decisions, and interactions with others ensuring that we align with his truth and values as revealed in the Bible. So God wants us to be absolutely clear by identity in Christ. God wants us to be absolutely clear about an individual purpose. God wants us to be absolutely clear about who we marry. God wants to be absolutely clear where we live and work. And God wants us to be absolutely clear about his biblical principle. Now let's get to, for time's sake, let's talk about 
the systematic approach to cleaning out mental clutter and promoting clarity in these four steps. Here are four steps. If you navigate them properly, will open up an opportunity for you to clear your mind out so that your mind can be competent, confident, creative, and have a mind that will compensate you because it's working for you and not against you. Because our goal should be to have a mind that's an asset and a liability. Number one, mindful assessment. I have a worksheet that's going to help you through this. Mindful assessment. Begin by mindfully assessing your current mental state. Ask yourself, what state of mind am I in? Am I in a negative state of mind, positive state of mind, pessimistic state of mind, optimistic state of mind, or am I somewhere in between? Take a few moments to observe your thoughts and emotions without judgment. Don't judge yourself. You won't be able to judge the thoughts correctly if you judge yourself because that judgment of yourself will clutter you, sprout up emotions in you that will dwarf this whole process. Identify areas of mental clutter, whether they're worries, distractions, or unresolved issues. That's why I want you to, I want you to begin to write those different things out. Next part, this is, what, this is the next phase. Categorize and prioritize. Categorization and prioritization. Categorize your thoughts into different areas of life, such as work, relationships, personal well-being. I want you to categorize them. Prioritize them based on urgency and importance. This step helps you organize mental clutter and focus on addressing one category at a time. So you might be able to say, okay, I'm going to categorize these worries, distractions, unresolved issues when it comes to my job and put them here. When it comes to my relationships and my singleness per se, put them right here. Or when it comes to more where I'm at, my well-being, I'm going to put them here. And then this month of January coming up, say, okay, all month I'm going to focus on attacking my thoughts in this area. Next point, focused elimination. Address each category of mental clutter systematically. Begin with the highest priority, priority category and work through it. Eliminate or resolving each issue one at a time. Break down larger problems into smaller, manageable tasks to make the process less overwhelming. What does this mean? So, for instance, I want you to take the category, and I want you to take the uh, highest priority category, the one that's burdening you the most. What I want you to do is I want you to find one to three scripts. I want you to watch my other video. Let me see what the other video is called. This other video will help you with this. Um, this video, um, where am I at? Just check out my latest two videos. The five critical dangers of neglecting meditation on God's word is going to talk a lot about the mind. And are you at risk? Those two videos will be a blessing that will help you. But what you begin to do is you begin to start focusing on eliminating systematic. You take the larger one and you begin to say, okay, what does the word of God say about this? Then watch that video on meditating on God's word. That will then equip you on how to meditate on God's word to counteract that place of clutter and begin to dream and think about what is this keeping me from? What life do you want in the next year? What life do you want for your children? And take that emotion and that motivation and hit that thing in the mouth. Next, establish clear mental practices. Implement practices that promote ongoing mental clarity. This may include daily mindfulness. So every night, just be mindful of your thoughts. Teaching your mind, training your mind on how to filter it, how to tackle it, how to eliminate it. Uh, where am I at? This may include daily mindfulness exercises, journaling to externalize thoughts, setting realistic goals, and creating a structured routine. Eating right. Eating plays a big part. What you eat plays a lot about your mental flaw. Your, your sleep patterns play a major part. So now you got to say, I may have to change my life physically. Break down. Oh, wrong one. Um, establish clear mental practice to maintain clarity and prevent the reaccumulation of mental clutter. Consistently applying these four steps helps create a systematic and sustainable approach to decluttering the mind, fostering mental clarity and well-being. So number one, you must assess your mind. 
Number two, you must categorize and prioritize. Then you must focus on elimination and then establish clear mental practice, making sure that you're eating better, sleeping better, learning how to cast your cares. Any one of those buzzwords that pops out to you like, man, coach, I want to know more about that. Simply type in one of those words and Joshua is, and I'm probably sure that I've done a video about it. And if you are struggling, you say, coach, could you do a video that elaborates more on X, Y, or Z? Then comment in the chat now or comment below on YouTube later. And so I can go, I can create more material because I give y'all so much. Because I believe in going from top to bottom so that in one video, you can have everything you need for problem, cause, and solution, and then a worksheet to take to apply. That's going to uh, 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 more be more effective in making sure that you're successful. But um, yeah, I pray this video is a blessing to you. Now, I do have an opportunity. I want to invite some of y'all. This may not be for everyone, but this could be for you. I have a mindset program. You can look at... Uh, more information about on my website. But if you're at a place where you say, coach, I need to get to a place where I am mentally clear. I'm mentally confident. I'm mentally competent. I'm creative mentally. And I create a mind as an asset that compensates me. If you desire that and you want to get from a place of being mentally confused and clouded and be able to operate with a mind as an asset, then check out my resilient mindset coaching program. I'll post that link there. Um, I'm pulling some of my points um, from um, from my program because I love giving you all value. But uh, if you need to go a little bit further, you want to go a little bit deeper and you need that coaching, that, that mentoring or consulting, uh, if you will, then check out that mindset program. And also, if you're a person that says, coach, I'm pretty mentally strong, but, but man, coach, I'm not strong uh, mentally when it comes to my spouse, when it comes to my children, when it comes to my health, when it comes to my walk with God. But coach, my mind works good professionally. Coach, my mind is competent, creative, consistent. My mind is clear about what I do. I can make money like that. When it comes to business, entrepreneurship, when it comes to my expertise, wherever, I'm very good at that. But coach, my mind is not functionable. My life is not functionable in all areas. And coach, I need help to get to a place where I am. My mind is an asset to my spouse, to my children, to myself, to my God, and to my purpose. And if that's you, check out my fulfillment coaching program. You can also check it out on that same link um, of coaching programs, whether you want the six month to 12 month or you want the 12 month to 18 month, uh, because it takes work to unpack that, but the transformation is worth it. Also check out my other books. I believe, um, I said counterfeit a counterpart is another great book. Counterfeit a counterpart helps you properly discern it. This book talks about clarity in depth. Also check out my other book, Dating Prep, I mentioned for you to make sure that you're dating the right one. Uh, the Purpose of Singleness, a lot of great books. Uh, my latest book, Multi-Purpose, is, is, is an amazing book to help you better understand purpose in every area. But either way, I pray this video was a blessing to you. Hope you got something out of it. Let me see if I have any couple of questions. Natasha says, hi, Josh. So true. Kianch says, 100%. Uh, Zelda says, amen, Coach Josh. Nubian, what's going on, Says, How y'all doing? Good morning, uh, Christopher. Morning to you, Kiara. Hello from Florida. Thank you for watching. Still trying to figure that one out. Not sure of my gifts. Which uh, Next month, January Masterclass, I'm going to be talking about purpose. So make sure you be on the lookout, uh, Elena, on that. She says, preach. Rita says, I recently have been called to volunteer at a food pantry. It can be very toxic. I have thoughts of walking away, but God keeps telling me, no, I put you here for a purpose. My glory. That's it. The enemy likes to tempt us out of certain places. Yes, you need clarity. Check out that mindset program. Christopher Rims, should I write a letter to my future wife? Um, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that, but you got to check your heart with that because if you're if you're focusing more about your wife and not your life, then that can end up as a distraction. So what I would do is if you do want to write and it helps you with journaling and you want to present that as a gift to her one day, then that's fine too. But you have to make sure that your mind is not so consumed in it that you're thinking that this is a tool used to get you closer to her or something that is going to end up being proven to be even more toxic to you 
and, and an issue to you as far as your maturity and growth. So if you are focusing on your life more than your wife, then cool. But if you're focused more on a wife than your life, then that may be a distraction and not, not a, a, a benefit to you. Latrell says, is it okay to hang out with, with ex with ex with children? If it's not leading to marriage, is it okay to hang out with an ex with children? Now, it's probably not wise, but who am I to say all things are not, but it's probably not wise. If it's not leading to marriage, then where is it going to lead to? If it's not leading to marriage, it's going to lead you into her bed. Just keep it in a buck with you. If you're around somebody that you are attracted to, your attractions will lead you one or two directions. It's going to lead you to being in marriage or it's going to lead you into a bedroom. And so I just don't think it's wise, especially if it's your ex and, and, and their children. You want to make sure that you're not being used by them uh, 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 or abused by them because you're a good guy. But if it's not leading to marriage, then you, got, then you may want to consider walking away. Love y'all. Got to go. Y'all be blessed. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.